0: Never thought of myself of or probably will never be as what the world would think a great man. But I do try to be a good man. But I do know this, that without Christ, I would be a wretched man. And I think that's true for all of us. That we need the Lord's work and the work of his Holy Spirit in our life flowing through. Otherwise, we are going to fall prey to the works of the flesh
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: Galatians chapter 5 in our Bibles. Galatians 5, we're looking at verses 16 through 26, and I spent a lot of time looking over this passage. I've taught it before, but still uh, wanted to look at it with fresh eyes once again. And uh, there's a bit of listing here that takes place. Uh, The works of the flesh, there's 17 things that Paul names there. The work of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, there's nine that are named there. So there's a bit of list, and then when you get into the list and the original language in the Greek and what are these words actually mean, and what is the Lord trying to teach us out of this today. There's this overriding theme in the book of Galatians of that of liberty. We were introduced to it in the last couple of weeks where at the end of chapter 4 verse 31 it told us that we are Um, not children of the bondwoman, but of the free, that we have this freedom that is in Christ Jesus. And last week we looked at the teaching there in verse 1 of chapter 5, that we are to stand fast in this liberty. And as we stand fast in this liberty that we have obtained in Jesus Christ, that we are no longer to fall into the bondage of sin or even the bondage of religion, but we're to remain in God's grace, keeping our our hope on the soon expectation of Jesus' return. I think we lose sight of that, that Jesus said, I'm coming again. We also learn that we're to run unhindered lives and that we're to be continually obeying the truth of God and not allowing the leaven of sin to creep into our lives and to destroy us. And finally, we're to take this liberty that we have and we are to... Serve one another out of love. It's to produce this love. And he closes out in verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you become consumed by one another. And, you know, I've been raised in church. My dad was, he became a believer when I was two months old. And uh, he was holding me and pitched me off somewhere when he went forward to receive Christ as his Savior. And so from the get-go, I've been in church bodies and I've seen church bodies bite and devour one another because they're not serving out of love, but they're allowing the envies and the actually the works of the flesh that we're going to look at today to take control of their life. Instead of what Paul wants to happen for us and what he knows that should be happening in our lives that we are to be those who walk in the Spirit, those who are being led by the Spirit, having the fruit of the Spirit, and have learned how to live in the Spirit. You know, if we're functioning this way, if we're walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, having the fruit of the Spirit, and living by the Spirit, then there's not going to be an issue of biting and devouring one another within fellowships. But we're going to learn how to love our neighbors as ourselves, as the Lord has called us to do. And so some very important teaching, but I think very difficult passage, because we realize that this is what the Lord desires for us, and we so often feel like we're so far from it. And we wonder how. Interesting thing is, as I was looking through this, And as Paul was teaching this, I don't see that he is setting up an example of how we should be. He's saying this is how it is as a believer. This is what the Lord has already done for you. Now allow the fruit of the Spirit just to flow through your life. Now obviously we have a choice. And there is this battle that we will look at here in a moment. But I just want to read through the context of it. Ten verses that we're looking at today. Ask the Lord to bless the teaching. And if you can, while we're praying, pray that this thing that's been hanging in my throat, it's trying to attack me. And so I just want to get through this next hour. It's not going to be an hour, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. I hate this word. Licitious, See, that's why I hate it. But see, my Bible doesn't say lewdness. That would be easier. (laughs) Yeah, I've been practicing it. But, you know, it's the thing about being in front of people when you say these words. Because it's like, I know i got to say that word. So it's like, okay, I can say it. Anyways, but I can't. So anyways, I'll get to it later. Idolatry, (laughs) sorcery, hatred contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the the like, of which I tell you beforehand. Also, I told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Father, we pray that you would just Lord, empower us to receive, through your Holy Spirit today, Lord, just the teaching that you would have for us. Lord, we realize that there are both positive and negatives in this passage, and the works of the flesh, we know they're bad. But we, Lord, so often are in the midst of this struggle in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our mind. And, Lord, so often we're asking, Lord, that you would just free us, free us by your Spirit, that we can walk, be led, know the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and live in the Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So it begins by saying, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's our memory verse for this month. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this listing of the works of the Spirit, and all these things that are 17 listed out there for us, and really a, a great negative in every one of them. And and I was thinking about this, and you know, when I am in tune with the Lord, when I'm walking in the Spirit, when I'm being led by the Spirit, when I'm living in the Spirit, have the fruit of the Spirit's being displayed in my life. You know, the works of the flesh are never an issue. They're just they just aren't. You know, when you're when you have a mission, when you have a job to do. I remember uh, Pastor Steve Miller who went over to India on a missions trip with his son uh, several years ago. But when he came back, he said he was just, uh, you know, it's long flights there and back. And so he's recovering that next day and kind of late in bed and just laying around. But he said every day in India, they had work for him to do. There was a mission. There was a task. And he said he, he was laying there thinking about that. And the Lord spoke to his heart. He says, I have work for you to do right here in Chicago, too. You don't have to go to India, but it's so easy when you're on a missions trip like that every day. You know what you're committing to, you know the work is laid before you, but what happens when the work is done and life gets back into its routine? I always uh, hate leaving in one way. I like leaving because I get to come home to my family, but to go out to Calvary Chapel, The pastor's conference out in California, and this year was uh, probably one of the best pastor's conferences that I ever went to, and I believe the only reason it was one of the best is that they uh, extended it by one day, but that's not why it was so good. What they did through extending it was after supper, we went and we waited upon the Lord. There was no teaching, but there was worship and Uh, somebody was kind of leading us, directing our prayer, what was going to take place that night. But it was more so just a couple of hours of just waiting upon the Lord instead of what the normal routine was, that usually after supper we'd have the the big teacher of the day would be scheduled. And then if we would wait upon the Lord, that was after that. And you're talking, you're getting close to 10 o'clock, and usually about half the guys would leave. And there was no time of really waiting upon the Lord like that. But I always hate leaving the grounds because you know you're going to get back into life. You've been for three to four to five days, been just in a place where there's no television and and you're not knowing what's going on in the world and all that. And you're just focusing upon the Lord. But then as soon as you get off the compounds, reality sets in. You're back into life. And there is this struggle with our flesh. And Paul is talking about walking, and it's a Greek word that it, it literally means to tread all around. And so if I was just start stomping my feet here and and moving around here, but you realize it's a way of life. It's how we walk in this life, is what Paul is referring to. And he says, if you're walking in the spirit, if if the spirit becomes the way of your life, the things of the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One of the Bible translators said that this actually in the Greek could be translated as keep on walking in the spirit. Keep going that way and you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And isn't that true? I mean, if we stay in, in the things of the Lord, we stay in the spirit, the works of the flesh, they're not an issue in our life. But as soon as we stop walking and we start looking around, we start looking at what other people have. And he mentions uh, envy and provoking one another at the end of this teaching. And we start worrying about what the rest of the people in this world have. We get off of spiritual things and into the flesh. And he says, you shall not fulfill this thing. It means a word that Teleo in the Greek, it means that you're not going to allow it to come to completion. The works of the flesh, they're not going to come to completion in your life when you're walking in the Spirit. And then he lists out these things for us in in verse 19. But before we get there, he says, of this war, this war that we have in verse 17, for the flesh lust against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, Paul just in Romans chapter 7, he he really lays this argument out saying that there is this constant battle. And some believe Romans 7 is Paul's battle before he became a believer in Jesus Christ. You have that cry of a heart, but this waffling, we could say, going back and forth um, between spiritual things and between Fleshly things—they're contrary; they fight against one another. And to lust for something means to simply set our heart upon it, and that could mean—that uh, could be a good thing. We set our heart upon the Lord; we lust for the Lord. That's in a positive. But when you're set your heart upon fleshly things, well, that's a negative thing. I think I was thinking of Peter. What a great example he is for us in this area, because he—he uh, he did some pretty marvelous things. But he also did some pretty, well, it was Peter. You know, he just put his foot in his mouth at times. And one of those stories I thought about was when Peter was uh, with the Lord one day and the Lord said to his disciples, it's recorded for us in Matthew, but um, I'll read it for you. But he said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered and said, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or some of the other prophets. And then the Lord said, and it's found in Matthew 16 verses 13 through 17, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered Peter and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father Who is in heaven. Now, that is a very led by the Spirit moment for Peter. Even Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You don't know this because of your own um, mental capacities. You didn't think this one up yourself. My Father showed this to you. The very next passage, it tells us that Jesus began to teach at this point about his coming suffering, death, and resurrection that was going to take place in Jerusalem. Now, Peter, this very gifted man, who among the 12, he was the only one that gave the right answer. He thought it was his duty to take Jesus aside and tell him a few things. And and that's what happened in the very next passage in verses 22 through 23. We find that Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Can you imagine that? But think about it. Every time we cry out... A, Asking the Lord, what's going on? What are you doing? Aren't we kind of rebuking the Lord for our circumstances that we might find ourselves in? But he began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of man. I think that's a perfect example of this war. And the first story, God was feeding him information of who Jesus Christ is. Do you realize that if you have called on the name of Jesus Christ in life saving faith, that you too have received this from the Lord. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So God has given us this great capability. He's gifted us by the Spirit, just to even pronounce through faith that Jesus is Lord. But in the very next scene, Peter is called Satan. One scene he's hearing from the Father, and the next scene he's hearing from Satan himself. And he says, you're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of man. And that's that struggle. Even in Galatians chapter 2, we again had Peter. He's with the church in Antioch. We looked at this earlier um, in our study in the book of Galatians. But he was there fellowshipping with the Gentiles in Antioch. And, and there was no issues, no problems whatsoever. A Jew eating with non-Jews. And it wasn't an issue. Until the Jews from Jerusalem, the Judaizers, came up. And there in verse 12, we see that Peter withdrew himself, separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcised. And Peter's waffle in this area caused the all the other Jews, to, as Paul says, to Play the hypocrite. Even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. And so Paul even battled in this area. In Romans seven twenty four, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I know that never thought of myself of or Probably will never be, is what the world would think, a great man. But I do try to be a good man. But I do know this, that without Christ, I would be a wretched man. And I think that's true for all of us. That we need the Lord's work and the work of his Holy Spirit in our life flowing through. Otherwise, we are going to fall prey to the works of the flesh. In verse 18, he says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And he drops us back to this theme of this liberty, this freedom that we have in Christ, because it was the Judaizers teaching that it was through circumcision and the law that they found salvation. And Paul said, no, if you're operating under the spirit, if you're being led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Because if you're being led by the spirit, you're not going to be breaking the God's covenant. You're not going to be breaking God's law. It's just going to be a given. Then he goes on to teach us about the works of the flesh in verse 19. He lists them there out. He says the works are evident. And that Greek word for work, aragon is the word and it means to toil an effort. You're putting forth an effort. It's your We know work is our occupation. We talked about, I have to go to work. Well, it means you're going to your job and and you're toiling to provide for yourself, provide for your family. But here's this toil that we have in our own lives in the flesh. And he said, these things are evident. It means that they're just apparently clear, that people can see it. And I can tell you this, that if you are functioning Diving deep into one or even all of these areas, it is clear. It is very clear. The first thing he lists out for us there is adultery, and it means to have unlawful intercourse with someone else other than your husband or your wife. Fornication in the Greek, it simply means every kind of unlawful sexual act. And it can mean adultery, it can mean Um, incest. It can mean um, premarital sex. It just, it combines them all together in that one word. It says, if you're doing this, fornication, every kind of unlawful sexual intercourse, uncleanness and impurity, either physically or morally, but it's the work of the flesh. And of an unbeliever, it's, it's those who are subject to the natural desires. It's You know, ceremonially in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they talk about believers who were unclean. They couldn't go to the temple because they were unclean. And there was this ritual involved with it. But there's just this living this life of uncleanness. Have you ever felt unworthy? I know I have. I look at those lists of 17 and of 9. And sometimes I feel like I'm more on the 17 side than I am on the 9 side. More on the works of the flesh than that of the fruit of the Spirit. It's got to be God working through us to make it happen, to accomplish it in us. And I just truly want that desire. God is so good, isn't he? That long-suffering, that's how he is toward us. May we be long-suffering toward others. Father, thank you so much for your word that you have just given unto us this, this day here in Galatians, Lord. And a lot of lists, and Lord, we look through this list, and whether it's the 17 of the works of the flesh or the 9 of the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, when we do lists, Lord, we do lists to see how we're doing. And I'm sure that if we put our name at the top of the list and listed out all these areas, Um, We could check out doing bad there, doing bad there, doing good there. And, uh, Lord, help us to just, in a sense, put aside the list. Because the key is not in the list of whether we're doing bad or doing good through uh, these lists that we had today. The key is walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, having the fruit of the Spirit just blossoming forth from our life and living in the spirit. That's the key. Against these, there is no law. There is no list. We don't have to worry about the list. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in this congregation, in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us abundantly, for you already have. May we be a blessing to those who are around us. Thank you so much for this day of worshiping you here, Lord, and I pray that you'd be with us as we join over a meal and fellowship downstairs. Also, Lord, as these boxes are being packed this afternoon, I just pray that you'd bless not only the packers of the boxes, not talking football there, but the those who will receive. Lord, bless those lives, for that's who we're putting these boxes together for.
1: 2650646 Thank you so much for joining us today and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.